Hello and welcome to the March 2nd, 2021 Annals of Internal Medicine podcast. I'm Dr. Christine Lane, Annals Editor-in-Chief, and I'm here to let you know what's new in Annals since our last podcast. The list is shorter than usual, so this will be a quick listen. The first article I'll highlight is a study that examines outpatient treatment of diverticulitis. Uncomplicated diverticulitis is often managed in the outpatient setting with antibiotics to expedite recovery from the acute episode and reduce the risk for obstruction, abscess, or perforation. The two most commonly prescribed antibiotic regimens for this purpose are amoxicillin, clavulanate, or a combination of metronidazole and fluoroquinolone. Despite being commonly prescribed for diverticulitis, the comparative effectiveness and safety of these regimens has been unknown. This is a critical gap because the U.S. Food and Drug Administration has recommended that fluoroquinolones be reserved for use in conditions with no alternative treatment options because of the risk for potentially permanent and disabling fluoroquinolone-related adverse events. Researchers from the University of North Carolina School of Medicine studied two nationwide claims databases to compare the effectiveness of treating patients at the first occurrence of outpatient diverticulitis with either a combination of metronidazole and a fluoroquinolone or amoxicillin clavulanate alone for the prevention of diverticulus-related inpatient admission, urgent surgery, elective surgery, and emergency department visits. In addition, the researchers sought to assess the comparative risks for C. diff infection associated with these treatments. They found that amoxicillin clavulanate was as effective as treatment with bentronidazole with fluoroquinolone, and there were negligible differences between groups in the risk for adverse outcomes measured, except that C. diff was more common with the metronidazole fluoroquinolone combination. According to the researchers, these findings suggest that physicians should consider choosing amoxicillin clavulanate over metronidazole with fluoroquinolone to reduce the risk for serious harms associated with fluoroquinolone use. Next is a really interesting case report of Miner's nystagmus, an eye condition that causes jumping and blurred vision that was first recognized in the 1870s in coal miners who spent years working underground. Researchers from University College London observed a 57-year-old woman who reported having persistent and severe daily throbbing headaches over a period of years. She had associated motion sensitivity and severe phonophobia and photophobia requiring her to wear a mask over her eyes to prevent exposure to light when outdoors. She was able to eventually control her migraines with medication, but she started to develop oscillopsia, a symptom of jumping vision. She acknowledged that she'd been living in continuous darkness for almost two years. Her home was completely blacked out with only a small camping light set to nocturnal settings for illumination. The medical team placed the patient on a program of gradually increasing light exposure using dimmer switchers and a lux monitor. By week five, she was able to tolerate one lux for eight hours a day, and by week 13, she could tolerate 50 lux for 12 consecutive hours a day. Her nystagmus and oscillopsia resolved completely over eight months. According to the authors, their case highlights the extent to which neuroplastic and perfusion changes in the visual pathways are reversible even when exposed to extremes of physiology. Lecithin cholesterol acyltransferase, or LCAT deficiency, is a rare recessively inherited disease characterized by circulating free cholesterol-rich lipoprotein X and very low levels of HDL, leading to the progressive development of corneal ring opacities, anemia, splenomegaly, and glomerulopathy. 
Currently, there's no approved treatment, but in an animal model of familial LCAT deficiency, CER001 and APOA1 containing HDL mimetic reduced lipoprotein X deposition and improved dyslipidemia and prevented inflammation and renal damage. The authors of a case report published on March 2nd sought to determine whether CER001 could improve kidney function and vision in a human patient who tested positive for familial LCAT deficiency and was experiencing rapidly declining kidney function and blurred vision. Because treatment with antihypertensive medications in atorvastatin did not stop further kidney function decline, treatment with CER001 was started. The researchers found that kidney function improved and was stable up to 11 months of follow-up. In addition, the patient reported full reversal of her vision changes. The treatment was well-tolerated and no adverse events were observed during treatment or the follow-up period. According to the authors, this case suggests that further studies are warranted. Whether an earlier introduction of CER001 with iterative treatment periods may fully prevent kidney progression should be tested. Other new content includes the most recent issue of ACP Journal Club. Go to it for quick summaries of important internal medicine-relevant articles selected from over 120 journals that you may have missed over recent weeks. There is also a new episode of the Annals on Call podcast. In this episode, Dr. Bob Center discusses COVID vaccination with Dr. Laura Riley, Chief of Obstetrics and Gynecology at Weill Cornell School of Medicine. There is also the latest Annals Graphic Medicine feature. In this one, Grace Farris, the creator of our Dr. Bomb series, reflects back on the simple things she took for granted before the pandemic. As we approach the one-year anniversary of pandemic life, I suspect we are all missing those simple things. I promised you that this would be brief, and we are at the end of this podcast. Stay well, and I hope you will spend some time at annals.org taking a look at some of the new material I've mentioned and previous articles that you may have missed. And please return on March 16th for our next podcast. Thanks to Beth Jenkinson and Andrew Langman for their technical support.